0: Hi, guys, and welcome back to A Higher Way with Tay. I am Taylor Taylor, and I'm so glad you're here listening to today's episode. I am so excited to introduce my guest today. I am joined by Carol Cottrell, who is a prestigious intuitive medium. And today we are diving deep for the first time on the podcast into one of my favorite topics of discussion, Beyond the Veil. Carol, I am deeply honored that you agreed to come on and talk with me. It is an absolute dream to have you as a guest. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Well, I am so excited that you asked me. And when I got your message and saw Taylor Taylor and then Tay, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to be on this because my husband's name is Taylor, my son's name is Taylor, and we call him Tay. So I was like, yep, yeah, I'm supposed to do this. So thank it was you. It meant my- to
0: be. I love yeah. that. That's so cool. Taylor's a great name. I mean, I have have it twice, so I'm biased. Yeah. But <laughs> I love, love that. Name. <laughs> yes, so cool. So you are an intuitive medium. Mm-hmm. Let's just get right into that. What exactly does that mean? Is that the same as like a regular psychic? I need to know all about it. Intuitive medium, what does that mean?
1: Yeah. So it's just, you know, people use different words to describe it, but it is a psychic medium. Um, You know, when I very first started doing readings, I was only offering mediumship readings, um, which meant that I connect to those in the spirit world and bring forward their evidence of who they are and the messages for the purpose of healing. Um, So, and then, you know, years in, uh, well, not years in, but once I started mentoring with Lisa Williams, uh she, you know, t- helped me understand how important it was to have a very strong psychic basis of my abilities. And uh, so I kind of grasped more the psychic. And I'll be very honest with you. In the very beginning, I didn't want to use the word psychic because I thought it portrayed scary, weird, you know, all mm-hmm. those images that come up of, you know, the person with their crystal ball and kind of thing. Like and there's Miss nothing Cleo. wrong with crystal balls. you Clio
0: on the <laughs> 1-800, yeah.
1: Yeah, but that image. And I just didn't want that word associated with what I was doing. But later on, I learned how healing psychic readings can be too, just as healing as a mediumistic reading could be. So I grasped that part of it too and said, okay, I'm, I am going to offer this as part of one of the
0: healing you know, things that I offer. Gotcha. So would you say like medium then is more like you're really connecting people with loved ones from the other side and then psychic is also like somebody who has the ability to, you know, foresee things or have knowledge like would that be a way to describe the difference? Yeah, so the easy way that I
1: describe it is psychic is if I'm reading your energy to tell you past, present and future. Mm. Media mystic is when I'm getting the information from somebody in the spirit world. So that would be maybe loved ones, um, guides, angels, but it's somebody who's in the spirit realm who's giving me the information and then I'm passing it on to my
0: sitter or client. Wow. So cool. Well, I love both of those. Um, yeah.
1: And I know, and go just, ahead. Sorry to interrupt, but um. If you're a medium, then you definitely have psychic abilities as well. As a matter oh. of fact, it's a very important foundation of your mediumship abilities, but not all psychics are mediums.
0: Oh, okay. But you're, you've you got the double whammy. You're both. Yeah. So <laughs> that's so cool. I love that. And from what I understand about you, you began to be- develop, like, what was it, your medium um, abilities first? And that well, was in 2011, or like what? Tell me about like what started happening then that kind of developed your this whole thing, this
1: interest in it. Yeah, yes. So I do have to say the psychic abilities were there long, long ago, um, and I'll tell you a little bit about that. But it had, and it was all before like 2011. It was in 2010 at the age of 40 that I left my corporate job. Um, and to become a consultant, to do some consulting work. And I had been suffering from depression for many, many years, um, over two decades. And so it got really bad during that time after I left the corporate world, kind of feeling lost. What am I here to do kind of thing? And maybe there's nothing, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and it just got really, really hard for me in that year and some things started happening. One is uh, I was in the Georgia mountains with my family and up by myself early one morning, and had an interaction with a bear, uh, which might sound really crazy.
0: Um, <laughs> um no, Carol, but, do you know who you're talking to? That does not sound crazy. Also, the bear is my one of my spirit guides, by the way. So I oh, love that's
1: awesome. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was such a beautiful experience, and it felt so peaceful. And it was like the bear and I, and I just kind of looked at each other, and it felt like minutes. I'm sure it was much shorter, but I had this like almost like a telepathic communication with the bear where it wasn't really words that were shared, but more of this feeling that the bear was telling me that I had more to do here. And I don't know how I understood that from the bear, from this interaction, Um, but I just knew it. And so when I get, came back to Charleston – you know, some things happen. I went in and got a massage and the massage therapist said, do you suffer from depression? And I was like, what, how do you know that? You know? And she said, I can feel it. I can feel it in your body and your muscles. And she said, have you ever had Reiki? And I said, I have no idea what that is. So she told me a little bit about it and gave me the name of a Reiki master that was local and said, "I, I really think you should do this. So I thought about it for probably, you know, a day, 24 hours. I was kind of like, You know, I've had so many therapists, um, you know, over the last 20 plus years, I've been on all sorts of antidepressant medications and I still feel very lost and very much like I don't want to be in this life. Um, and really considering, you know, that very strongly that I didn't want to be here. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, what have I got to lose? You know, this will be my last attempt kind of thing. Um. And so I went and I had the appointment. And at first, <laughs> at first, I was oh, a very much a naysayer, you know, kind of like, "Oh, what's this going to do? I can't believe I'm paying money to have somebody wave their hands over me," you know, like this is a bunch of you know weird stuff. But I finally allowed myself, and I shouldn't say finally because it really only took me about ten minutes. That's how good this Reiki master was um, for me to just let go. And I just slipped into what I would describe as a very strong meditative state, very deep and had a lot of visions and understandings of things that I'd never even really looked at or tried to process before and when I was done she said do you know that you're a medium and I said no I wouldn't say that like I know things sometimes I see things sometimes but no I wouldn't call myself a medium and she said well I would so here's a card somebody that can help you on your healing journey um and so she Passed me on to somebody else who I started working with for the you know getting through the healing stuff, and then couldn't I didn't really know of anybody in Charleston that was doing this, so I started looking for my mentors worldwide, Um, and I was lucky enough to find some really amazing teachers, uh, all of them being British. Um, So over the course of the next several years, doing you know mentorships with different mediums that were. From England, uh, one of them being Lisa Williams, and she lives here in the United States now. And did at the time that I mentored with her, um, but yeah, I was just really lucky to have some great teachers and to get me going.
0: Well, I mean, I I have to go back to the bear for a minute too, because you know, one of my teachers, Wolf, one of my Native American um, spiritual teachers, has told me before that in their culture they believe that the bear. Um, oftentimes it's like an old shaman or medicine man that comes Mm. back. And so I almost wonder if that encounter for you was something like that, like a teacher from your past or something like reminding you of this gift that you have that had not fully awakened yet. Because me, that's just like, I and it gives me chills just to imagine. Like, first of all, was it like a black bear? Was it a big one? I mean, how close were you to it? Because I feel like this is very symbolic of Kind of yeah. the opening of the portal for you.
1: Yeah. It was a black bear. Um, and I was sitting on a second story deck of a cabin. Um, so it wasn't too high up, but it was off the ground, and it came out of the woods, I would say 20 feet in front of me. Um, but it almost like it was such a weird experience because. It came out of the woods and immediately just stopped right at the edge of the tree line um, and looked right at me like it knew I was there, but it didn't move from that spot. And I didn't move. I was just sitting in a chair and I just looked at it and it just felt really peaceful. There was never a moment that I was like, oh God, I better run in the house, you know? we weren't um, scared? Not, not at all. It, it wow. felt so peaceful to me that that was the really strange thing. Afterwards, I thought, "Wow, like that's weird that I didn't like want to run." No, I wasn't like, "Let me go grab my camera and come up right to you and take a picture of you." You know, right? Um, I know enough about wildlife. Yeah, that- That I I didn't want to like go right at it and be like, I'm just going to stand a foot away from you. But I felt like it was, you know, 20 feet is not a long distance to be, but I felt very safe. And it never like made a movement toward me like it was going to be aggressive. And I don't, you know, I also know that a lot of times bears um, aren't going to be aggressive unless you do something to startle them or Mm -hmm. make them feel, you know, their cubs are in danger or whatever. I didn't see any cubs or anything with it.
0: Um, but yeah, but you it, knew that was s- symbolic. That was a significant interaction that that w- was related to this kind of awakening inside you. I did afterwards
1: mm-hmm. uh, because I looked back and I I was like, God, that was so calming, and it was looking back on it. That was the catalyst of me saying it's time to choose not to live in this space of depression and feeling like I don't want to be here. And, and really, like really, I didn't want to be on this plane anymore. I didn't want to be in the physical body anymore. I was very, very depressed. Um, but it was like the catalyst that started everything for me.
0: And so when that all began and you started finding these teachers to work with and you obviously at that point had kind of left corporate America, who who did you talk to? I mean, like, were you married at the time and was your husband on board with the fact that you were kind of leaving probably like a reliable sort of career and entering this whole new territory of a completely different type of job? Yeah,
1: I have been extremely um Grace by the fact that I have a husband who's very, very supportive. He, I actually, so we met in my early 20s. Uh, We've been married for 31 years now. So it's been a long time. But two weeks after I met him, I asked him, Do you want me to give you a reading or read your cards? I guess is what I said. Because my dad had taught me how to read a regular deck of cards, not a deck of tarot. And he said, What does that mean? I'm like, I don't know. It's just this game thing that I do, you know, and I'll tell you stuff. And he's like, Okay. So I started doing it and everything I was hitting on was hitting very close to home. Um, and he was, he stopped me and he's like, How do you know this stuff? And I'm like, Why am I right? You know, like what you know, I don't know am I right? He's like, I don't understand how you know this. Like, there's no way you could know this. And he's like, Okay, stop, don't do it again. And he said to me then, don't ever do that again. <laughs> and I was like, Okay. Um so there have been a couple of times in our life since that things have um, come up and, you know, like one of his
0: loved ones has come through to me,
1: but I've told the loved one, like, he's not okay with this. I'm not going to, you know, do that. I'm not going to share anything with him. And then something will happen in the house that he'll look at me and be like, what is that? And I'll say, oh, you know, that's your aunt, blah, 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 or whatever. And he'll say, he'll just kind of ignore it. And then a few minutes later, he'll go, what did she want? (laughs) So he's told me from the very beginning not to do it again. And I don't invade on his privacy in that way. Um, uh, But, you know, he definitely supports it. He comes to all of my events. Uh, Not all of them, but a lot of them. He'll come to if they're in Charleston or sometimes he's traveled to Myrtle Beach with me for those and stuff. He's very supportive of it. He doesn't want to sit and talk about it all day. He's not really like interested in it, but he very much supports me in it. Um, And the traveling that I had to do to do my um, mentorships and um, the practice, the amount of time I had to put into my development, he has always supported it.
0: And at the end of the day, that's all that matters, right? Like, we don't have to have all the same common interests. But the fact that he knows that this is your passion and that he supports you, but you know, it might not be his thing. You know, I think that's great, though, that he like that he comes to your events and that he's supportive of you and loves you for following your your passion in life and your calling too. So that's great that you have that support.
1: Yeah. And when people ask him about it, you know, sometimes his friends will ask him about it and he'll say, I don't understand it all, but I know that I've seen her give, you know, readings to people with information there's no way she could have ever known. And I know that she's done it, you know, given me things that there's no way she could have ever known. And so he's like, you know, I know it's real. I don't understand it, but I know it's (laughs) real.
0: So, so yeah, well, it's so interesting to me because even just hearing some of the things that you've touched on, you know, obviously I asked you for your, you know, birth info so I could look at your astrology before we started and some stuff I knew about you and some of the stuff that you've mentioned, I didn't. And I am really excited to share with you some of your astrology, because I think a lot of this is going to resonate with you. And I know we talked a little bit about We have a mutual friend, Dolly, the Charleston astrologer. Uh um, You know, she uh, she's like I'm always talking about her on the podcast because she's kind of like one of my teachers uh, unofficially, Um, Mm -hmm. and she's taught me a lot about astrology. But your chart, when I did it, was the first time that I've ever like reached out to her and said like, hey. I, I'm stuck. Like, I need your help on this. Cause this is, there's something in here that like, I need you, I'm not grasping. And I'm really excited to share this with you because it's oh pretty God. fascinating. I'm so, so excited to hear it. I know, you know, you're a Gemini sun, like everybody knows their sun sign, right? So you're a Gemini. Um, you have a Scorpio moon and you are a Virgo rising. Um, and if I, so before I even looked at your, your astrology, if I'm looking at a chart of someone who's a psychic medium, 100% I'm going to be looking for Scorpio placements, um, 12th house placements, and 8th house placements. So Scorpio, which is your moon sign, deeply emotional and the moon rules our emotions already. So you have a water sign for your moon and that already makes you kind of susceptible to the like feelings of others. Mm -hmm. Um, Dolly, uh, is also a Scorpio. Um, my son has a Scorpio moon too. So I'm like really kind of learning and starting to understand the Scorpio energy, but in your case, um, and like with Dolly, you can see how that Scorpio energy, really manifests in having kind of like interests or hobbies that are in areas like astrology or death or the occult or mysticism because it's scorpio rules that sort of like deeper underworld and scorpio just can't be surface level um but scorpio can also like the the water part of scorpio almost like absorbs others emotions and can hold them in kind of the darker waters of their consciousness. Um, whereas in your case, having this Gemini sun, which is an a Gemini is an air sign. And then your Virgo rising, your ascendant, which is an earth sign really gives you a beautiful balance to that kind of heavier Scorpio energy. Um, Virgo, you know, is practical and detailed and fun. Gemini is lively and energetic and and very adaptable and Virgo and Gemini both actually, but Virgo is ruled by Mercury um, and Mercury rules communication and travel. So your chart ruler, meaning the ruling planet of your whole natal chart is Mercury. So anytime Mercury is doing anything, it's going to impact you. So obviously the big one people think about is like, you know, Mercury retrograde and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But just for future reference, anytime you're hearing any astrology speak and you know, Mercury is doing anything, it's going to be very relevant for you because of the fact that you're a Virgo rising and also having that Gemini sun. Um, So eighth house that, that's the house of death and regeneration and also like legacies And in that house, you have Venus and Saturn. So Saturn in the eighth house usually indicates a really long life, um, like living to an old age. Um, Coincidentally, it's funny, I I was doing some research on this, but Venus in the eighth house also supposedly says you're going to have a very peaceful death. Um, So is it weird to just kind of straight up ask you, like, do you know or have you ever had any insight on like how you're going to die? No,
1: I haven't. Um, you know, I, I've never—not that I've never given any thought to it, but I've never like tried to go into that psychically or into my higher self, or even talk to my guides for any information on that. I'm kind of—I'm kind of funny. It's like I kind of love the mystery of the journey of my life, mm-hmm. and I don't—I I guess I don't really. Um, want to know what's next it's just yeah. like well let me i experience. don't think i would
0: want to know that either i was just curious i mean if that had been something that you'd ever been sort of like shown or if you had an idea you know no <laughs> Well, I will tell but you. But it's interesting like, to hear that I'm gonna that. It's gonna we'll, be we'll, yeah. You'll be old, and it's gonna be peaceful. So you're good. <laughs> that's good. So back. I, to I like do always say though. If I can't keep
1: playing hockey, like I gotta keep playing hockey until I die. So I might be that hundred year old lady on
0: the ice. Maybe still you will. Hockey. Maybe that's what'll keep you, you know, young and bright forever. That's right. Well, I'll tell you what I was fascinated by also in your chart is, so you have a Virgo stellium, you have five planets in Virgo. um, So you are very, very much a Virgo, Carol. And the planets you have in Virgo is Pluto, your ascendant or your rising, Jupiter, your south node and Uranus. So all those planets, those five planets are conjunct, meaning they're all within a 10 degree like orb of each other. Um, when when I saw that, I was like, "Wow, this is really significant." But I'm not completely sure how I would read it. So that's when I had to, you know, call in the the expert and ask Dolly her opinion. Um, mm-hmm. And she said that it, the tight conjunction of Jupiter and then your South Node, meaning kind of like when you when you're born and you you come into this life, your South Node really represents kind of karmic past past lives um energy that you've already sort of mastered and know um so th- that conjunction of jupiter and then your south node really points to that you have been like a guru or a high spiritual healer or teacher of some sort in many past lives and you're to take all of that past life knowledge with you into this lifetime to serve others and that's wrapped up in your virgo ascendant or your virgo um rising So I thought that was pretty fascinating. You also have the planet Uranus at 29 degrees, the Antarctic degree. So it's the last degree of that sign. And it's considered what they call in astrology a a critical degree. So that means that the energy of that planet will manifest in two extremes. It's either going to be you are like way too conventional or rigid in your ways, or you're just way too rebellious and all over the place. Um, But it's cool because that when you have that critical degree of a planet, it represents like the karmic mission. So there's kind of like urgency in the energy of it. So if I would leave you with anything, I would say like, maybe read up a little bit about that and see kind of what those themes are and, and how they they maybe represent to you. But I thought it was so cool the the Virgo stellium and all in that tight conjunction and then having Dolly weigh in and say like, yeah, man, you've been you've been doing this before. This is not your first rodeo with (laughs) with doing this kind of work. So I thought it was super interesting yeah so cool yeah so you know again like that whole kind of eighth house um sort of death and dying and you know um having all these planets too where you're there's a lot of that scorpio energy i'm curious like obviously you have not been really wanting to look into your own death but have you ever had anything or anyone i guess i should say come through when you're doing readings that are talking about like other people dying and how do you handle that And like what's What's that been like? Um, I can't uh,
1: come to my. So, so just a lot of times when I do readings, I don't remember what happened in the reading. Um, So, it's hard for me to remember a lot of readings, but I don't recall anything where somebody has come through and said anything about somebody's dying. I know that people have come through and said, I know that such and such is not well. And, you know, they're. They're in their last days and yes, it is me who's communicating with them and giving them comfort and as they prepare for the transition. I've had that kind of conversation, but never anything of, oh, you know, somebody unexpected is unexpected. Yeah or anything. And I think the reason for that is, you know, I very much work with the intention of healing and empowerment. So what the messages that I get, whether I'm working psychically, working with guides, working with loved ones, the information that I'm giving is th- information that can empower. It doesn't necessarily mean that there are, you know, guides aren't going to tell me about something that's coming up for somebody that doesn't, isn't like really exciting to them. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. they are like, what? But the way that they give it is here's how you prepare or here's the other option that, you know, like, because we have free will too, you know, so we can choose a different path than we're going on, but here's how to prepare for this when it comes up and see it as a good instead of as a bad. Because a lot of the experiences that we have in life too is what is the, uh, you know, definition of it that we put on it. You know, when we see something as good or bad, but 10 years down the road, something we saw as bad, we might be like, wow, I'm so glad that happened to me, you know? Mm -hmm. And I can certainly say that about things in my life that while I was going through it, I might've put the title or the description on it as, you know, that was horrible. But Mm -hmm. then later on,
0: look back and go, gosh, if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be where I am. Thank God it happened, you know? So. Totally, I agree with you so much, and and just like how you were saying, we have free will, right? Like I see that also with astrology that we can say like, oh, you know, here's this blueprint or here here's these like tendencies, but at the end of the day, our free will overrides anything. You know yep. what I mean? Like the, mm-hmm. no astrology chart's going to tell you how you're going to die or ex- how many marriages necessarily you're going to have or any of those things. Like we get to choose. We we can we can use that as a an an idea or an indication of certain things but so it's it's reassuring to hear you say that that um that we still have some free will uh, in in that regard yes and I have to ask you though when you are channeling and you're people are coming through from the other side like I don't think there's any other way to ask this but where are they there right here with me. Um, yeah,
1: so I think we have this uh, vision you know that's kind of been created by media and the stories that we're told that when somebody passes they have to go off somewhere before they can come back and communicate with us or you know whatever that description is that you've learned from your upbringing or culture. But what I found is we're just literally stepping out of our physical body and are right here, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and they're not going off anywhere. They're not like, I'm going to, you know, nobody's ever gotten stuck anywhere, um, in the transition, you know, and I think that's something that we think too. And, um, probably about three years into my mediumship development, I, took a course called Trance Mediumship and Healing, and it's where you go into the trance state and, uh, you know, your ego steps completely out of the way so that a spirit can speak through you. And um, I was of the belief before that, that I was going into houses and helping to release the spirits, you know, that, that were supposedly, and I'm saying stuck with quotation marks around that, you know, air quotation marks. Um, and I had that belief of, oh, I'm helping them move on. But when I was in trance, uh, a spirit came through and spoke to three women who were sitting in front of me and asking questions. And um, they asked, you know, what happens to the spirit? Do they get stuck? You know? And they said, no, nobody ever gets stuck. That's your human belief that your ego uh, makes you believe that you can help them move on, where every soul. Is a powerful soul within itself and doesn't get stuck, doesn't get lost. Like we all have the power within ourselves to move on. And, uh, and, and when we, after we pass, what happens is that ego is released and we go back to the source of what we are, which was love. That's Mm -hmm. how we, all of us were from the very beginning, was love. You know, we came into a physical. Being and from the time we're very small, fear is put into us. So from that, fear grows different things, jealousy, anger, greed, you know, whatever it is. And um, but when we when we pass, that transition brings us back to love. so uh, so that love gives us the power to um, be exactly where we're supposed to be after we've left this physical life. Mm. So That's- I do not yeah. believe that people are stuck anywhere. And I've never had anybody in spirit, and I've talked to a lot of people in spirit who die by suicide. Um, I think that they feel comfortable with me knowing that I've been in that place in the physical life of wanting to leave the world in that way. Mm -hmm. And so they feel very comfortable in coming, you know, and letting me be the communicator for them. I've never had anyone who died by suicide tell me they got stuck. Or they had to, you know, I was raised Catholic, so we used the term um, purgatory. Never Mm -hmm. had anybody tell me, oh, yeah, I had to go to purgatory until enough people prayed for me to move on. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually had a spirit who very clearly said to his sister, he in this physical world had done some things. um, He had actually murdered somebody in the physical world and spent um, his life in jail and died in jail. But when he came through to talk to his sister, he said to her, I want you to know, I didn't get stuck in purgatory. Like I am fine. Um, I'm. I'm. I went back to what love, you know, and and talked about how he understands love in a very different way now. So, um,
0: and that's. I was so interested story. by the the suicide, for example, like what when they come through to you, or um, when people who have died that way. Um, is it always like? Is there regret or do you feel like that every, you know, I mean, I I have to say like, I'm kind of on two sides of the fence around that where sometimes I, you know, obviously I work in like a mental health field of nursing and, and, and I, um, never want to see people at that point or struggling with wanting to take their own lives. But I'm also as a spiritual being, um, I, I also believe that there are no mistakes in this life too. And does that make sense? Like, um, and, and I wonder when people have died by suicide and they come through with you, is there, are they regretful that they made that decision? Or is it like, this was karma that they had to play out? I am curious. You know, it's different with everybody. Every, 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 spirit that I've talked to has,
1: they're not all telling, telling me, you know, extreme opposites, but some have come through and said, um, you know, I didn't understand when I was there in the physical world, how many people loved me, how many people were there to support me. And I was making choices that weren't, you know, the best choices. And then there's others who have said I couldn't be there in that physical life and I knew I could do better from this side than I could in the physical world. Mm. So, you know, some do say, yeah, I didn't get it when I was there. I didn't understand the love that was there to support me. And others, like I said, are like, no, I, I just, it wasn't working for me in this physical world. I knew I had to come to this side to do the work and then, and then I'll come back again, you know?
0: Well, that was my next question too. Like what, what are you, what is your understanding about reincarnation or, you know, how does that work?
1: Yeah. So I um, have definitely had people in the spirit world who have talked about reincarnation. I've had guides that talk about reincarnation. I don't do, like a lot of times, when I'm doing psychic readings, I'm not going in with the intention of, oh, I'm going to have to tell this person about a past life or anything. But there are definitely times that people's past lives come up. Um, It's very unexpected for me uh, when I'm... told to share this you know with somebody but it always when it something comes up from a past life it's always to give them information of why what's happening in their life then you know to give mm-hmm. them some guidance with that so based on those experiences i do believe in reincarnation and like i said i believe that we go back to what we were originally were which, which is love and um and when we're in that spirit you know, at the energy of the spirit world, there's so much learning that goes on and so much that we can look at from while we're here in that physical carnation and say, oh, wow, like, now I understand. And I want to take this knowledge in and, you know, try it again. Let's do it again. You know, some don't choose to. Some are like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I enough
0: oh, so, so it is a choice. You can be like, I need a break, man. I'm going to hang out over here for a while and take a few centuries off before I hop back into another body on earth.
1: I do feel like our soul has a choice about it. Um, you know, I I think that even if we make the choice of, I want to learn more before I go back, um, You know, I I don't know to what extent I should say the choices if we just like, say, yeah, let me learn a little bit more and then I'll do it. Or no, I'm popping back in now, you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's like we make this uh, a decision to do it. And almost if you want to call it contract, if that's the word you want to use of, yeah, I'm going to go back in and this lifetime is going to be about these lessons so that can help me grow or develop as a soul, you know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I do believe in things like soul contracts and kind of karmic contracts where we come in to really kind of work on maybe some stuff that we didn't get right or all the way the last time. Yeah. Um, so I believe, and and again, just going back to astrology and I've referenced this on the podcast, but I think Saturn is like a big indicator, depending on where Saturn is in your chart of, of, of where like these really kind of critical karmic lessons are for you in your lifetime. So I'm always fascinated by that. And I agree with you. I do, I do believe in, in reincarnation and, and that a lot of times it is about kind of coming back to to sort of master, um, but it is nice to know that you have the, have the choice maybe to like take a little break for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> do you feel like in your, like, do you have memory of any of your past lives?
1: Um, I do. Uh, I actually have had past life regression done, um, because there were some things that were really scaring me at one point and I was afraid to move forward in my work. And, uh, I was, it was, before I was going to demonstrate mediumship for the first time, and what demonstration of mediumship means is basically getting up in front of an audience and demonstrating it. It's like not everybody is going to get a reading in that audience, but the purpose of it is so that everybody can see from the connections that are made that, you know, that life goes on. Um, and it was the first time I was going to be doing that publicly, and I had a real fear about um, being shot, somebody coming in and shooting me. Mm-hmm. and I, I couldn't understand where that fear was coming from. And so I went and had a past life regression. And it was very, very clear to me from that past life of why I carried this fear. And in that life, I was somebody who was helping people um, e- escape from uh, bad situations in their lives, but it was very dangerous for me and my family and helping others. Uh, and when I was done and, and we were killed for it. We were killed for helping these families move to places that were safer for them. And when I was done, the therapist said to me, um, you know, if you could go back to that life, would you have not helped people knowing that it would keep your family safe, you and your family safe? And I said, no, I still would have helped. And she said, so that's what you have to carry into this life is that even though you may be, you know, people may make fun of you. People may be angry about your work. You know, people may have different feelings about what you do, and it, it you know, possibly could be dangerous for you in some way. If somebody got very upset about the, the work that you do, she's like, "But you'd still do it." And I said, "Yes, that's what I'm. I'm here to do this work, and I know that." So it helped me get through that fear and understand mm-hmm. why I was so afraid.
0: Um, Yeah, I imagine it probably did bring you some peace to know that maybe it wasn't a fear necessarily that it was actually going to happen, but it was it was like almost like a memory of, you know, that trauma from lifetimes past.
1: Right, right. And I have ever since I was a little child, I've had um, memories or visions of being somewhere where I was called a witch and I was put in a ditch with some other women and people threw stones at us uh, until we died. So I've had that memory since I was very small, and I could never understand it when I was young, when I kept having it. Sometimes it would come in dreams, but sometimes it was just like a memory that would come to me. And mm-hmm. I couldn't understand that. And um now I understand
0: <laughs> wow, that's so fascinating. That's one thing I have not ever had done is like a past life regression to look into that. and I would love to because I'm so interested in that. and and I think, um, you know it's it's interesting because when you talk about like the darkness that the period of time where you were really struggling and questioning if you even wanted to be here you know on this earth do you feel like when you embraced the gifts that you have that it alleviated some of that do you think some of that darkness was due to carrying around maybe this like uh, undeveloped gift I, I can imagine having such an innate Um, powerful purpose and then not really knowing that you have it or knowing how to use it necessarily could cause some emotional turmoil for sure. But like, do you feel like that, that it has helped heal you in a way, heal some of that? Absolutely. It literally felt like
1: once I, once I said, okay, I'm going to move forward with this because I did fight it for a while, you know, even though, I, I was looking for teachers and stuff. I kept saying, you know, what are people going to think of me? I went from being, you know, well-respected marketing person to um, to now I'm saying this stuff that I know a lot of people don't believe in. I was raised Catholic, so I know there's a lot of thoughts from the Catholicism about it and, um, you know, just this worry about, you know, how am I going to be perceived? So once I got through that and just decided, you know, I, I was raised to believe there's something greater than me. So I'm just going to have faith in that and know that I'm being pushed toward this for a reason. Once I did that, it literally felt like the weight of the world came off my shoulders. I I look back at that depressed Carol now and I think to myself, how is that the same person? Like, and I and I was like that for so long. You know, my sister used to always say, "Woe is me. You're like Eeyore. You know, you're always the victim, always." You know, and and I you know say, Lord, you know." She always said that about me when I was, um, before I was 40 years old. Mm -hmm. But since then, I don't feel that way at all. And I can't even believe that I'm the same person. It just changed my life completely.
0: Well, it's interesting if you look at your node, you know, your south node and your north node too. So that your south node in Virgo, which obviously you have all this Virgo in your chart, and that makes sense, like you, this corporate America job you had, and like the way that you were describing yourself, kind of like pre forty. And then your north node, which is sort of like who you're evolving to become, like the highest version of you, which is in Pisces, which is you know this beautiful spiritual water sign. And 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 Virgo, especially with a lot of Virgo, can get really regimented and stuck in their ways. And um, and I imagine like like you on this, you know, transition into embracing that north node in Pisces, which is this beautiful um exploration of consciousness and an embodiment of these spiritual gifts that you have. And the more we can work towards embodying our north node, the more I can truly say that I think that's when we um we embrace who we are and a lot of our darkness and, and struggle can can lift because we are embodying like who we're truly meant to be in this life. So you're doing it. I mean, it's very clear just by the path that you're on and by embracing um, the gifts that you have. So it's it's really beautiful to see that in your chart. It, it's, it's very clear, like that's your destiny, that's your path. And a- again, like this is what you've been doing for lifetimes. So in some capacity, yeah. uh, I really do want to ask you though, kind of on a lighter note, When you, is it like when you channel people, do you, like, if you go to the grocery store, do they, and do you ever be like, oh my God, like someone pops in and is like, oh, go over and tell that person that, you know, it's uncle Bobby and I need, does that ever happen? Or do you like reserve it for when you have a client with you and you go into your space and let it happen then?
1: Yeah, that is a really good question. Um, So I don't do that, one, because uh, in the ethics of mediumship, we should not be in other people's private thoughts Their, you know, the things that are going on in their energy. It's none of our business. So unless we're invited in. So I have a very strict rule that if I am not working, if somebody has not, you know, invited me into that energy to give them a reading, I am completely turned off. And the spirit world knows that they're not going to come in and do things like that because they know that that is against my beliefs of, of what's okay and what's not okay. Um, So, yeah, so I keep myself, I kind of, I wrote an article about it a while ago, actually several years ago. And I said, it's kind of like being, you know, a hairdresser, you know, you're cutting hair all day and then you go to the grocery store. Would you just walk up to somebody with your scissors and start cutting their hair without their permission? Uh, No, right. First, because you're exhausted from doing the work all day. So you don't want to keep working in your in your life outside of work. But second, if you don't have the permission to cut somebody's hair or to get into their energy, then you shouldn't be doing it. So um, so I kind of live by that rule of if, if you haven't given me the permission to do that, I don't need to be there.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And that gives you some boundaries too, so that you can go to the grocery store and, and like have spirits leave you alone and let you just go get like your milk and eggs and stuff and go yes. home. Like I, yeah. I'm not working right now. Like
1: <laughs> that's exactly what, when I laid the boundaries down, I was like, you can come when I'm working and you'll know when I'm working. Cause I opened with my own the prayer that I say to myself, uh, and you know, basically putting out the intention, okay, I'm ready to work. Let's go. And, um, and, and they're ready, <laughs> but they know that if I'm not in that mode, then, you know, I'm I'm just here all walking around.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. It's good to have those boundaries for sure. Even in the spirit world, I think. And I, I would love to know, you know, we have had all this like alien talk in the news lately, and I don't know, you know, where you stand on the alien stuff, but I, I am wondering too, like if you've ever channeled anybody that wasn't like, human or if you have, like, what do you think about this, like alien stuff and like, have do, do people ever come through that are, cause you talk about spirit guides too. So I don't know. Is like, is it like pets? Is it like animals? Is it aliens? Or What type of people are coming through or non-people, I guess I should say.
1: Yeah. So we can have all sorts of energies um, that come through in different ways. Uh, I do communicate with animals a lot. So I love doing that. I do com- communicate with guides a lot. Um, I, I know that there's a lot of mediums who work with angels. Um, I've had that happen to me, you know, maybe a couple of handfuls of time in all the years that I've worked, but it's not like a regular thing for me. I'm going to be honest and say, when I first started this work, if somebody brought up aliens to me, I giggled a little and was like, okay, you know, kind of thing. But, um, not long into it, maybe three or four years in, I was doing a reading for somebody and the the being that came through to talk was nothing that I'd ever experienced before. I'm like, this is not an angel. This is not a guide. This is not a loved one. It's not a pet. And so I asked the being, you know, who are you? I'm like, I said, are you like an extraterrestrial? And, you know, they kind of laughed and said, don't call us that. You know, (laughs) like we're, we're galactic being kind of is the message that they gave to me and that they were, they told me to tell the client that they were basically her counsel
0: um, oh, wow. And so, um, cool.
1: so it was really, really interesting and And that woman had contacted me um, you know, maybe a year later. She went from being a very, very like math science kind of person. To totally changing her life, and now is writing books and just really living this very creative life. Um, she moved to a different location; everything changed for her, and she started using her counsel to help her with with writing and everything. But I was like, "Wow, that was really unusual and beautiful." And I said to myself, "You know, I, you know, who am I to judge, or who am I to put limits on?" what kind of beings can speak to us. Um, And, you know, so uh, it really was a great lesson to me of letting go of any judgment of the different sources of energy, of information, of wisdom and love that are out there. And um, it's funny that you bring up, I, I didn't, you know, start studying aliens or anything like that, but it's really become quite interesting to me since probably I think around March this year, I started to get really interested in wanting to know more. And somebody just a couple days ago messaged me and said, um, and it's somebody I don't really know. I met them last week briefly, and they messaged me and said, I think you need to read this book, UFO of God. And so I started it uh, two days ago, and it's been very hard to put it down. (laughs) I'm like, this sounds so much like the, like, I totally understand this person's experiences. You know, he's kind of ridiculed and made
0: fun of. Is this the guy who has the house that the, the ships come to? yeah he does have like a
1: lot of interaction that happens at his house
0: I think I just listened to a podcast my friend Emily sent me a podcast about this guy and now that I'm thinking about it I'm like oh my god I think this is the book about it um I know who you're talking about oh my god that's so crazy is it a good book because I was fascinated by this story about this this property And, uh, and it's been a while that they come and visit him and his, well he's in North Carolina is that the same person? Yes, yes, yeah. that's him. Yeah. yeah. I was like, "Oh my god, I need to die. I was telling my friend, I'm like, we need to take a road trip and like go up to this guy's place and go like scope it out and see these because it's it's real." Yeah. Well, and it sounds like from,
1: you know, his description of it and I've watched a couple other videos of people who are communicating with the galactic beings and it sounds very much like mediumship. Like the way the communication happens is using the same senses that I, you know, I and other mediums are using when we're communicating, Um, you know, the seeing, hearing, feeling, smelling, tasting, you know, all the different ways that we can get information from those in the spirit world and from different energies. So, it sounds like he's communicating with them, you know, telepathically too, like I had with the bear. Um, and and often that's a way I do communicate with those in spirit is sharing thoughts with each other. I don't have to open my mouth and speak out loud for them to hear me and the same with them. So... Um, but just the experiences that he's gone
0: through, I'm just like, "Wow, I can totally relate to this. Yeah, and I am really that it is similar. I can see what you're saying. It is yeah. very similar. It is like a mentorship. You're right, Yeah. yeah. so i I've had my own thoughts about you
1: know maybe I should just like send out some <laughs> some frequency and see if it, if I can make that connection.
0: Um, well, listen, I no joking. I'm like my my friend Emily and I, we're she's going to come on the podcast soon. And one of our big subjects is going to be aliens because we just deep dive this all the time. But I always joke around that I'm like the one in a tinfoil hat that that will like, <laughs> run outside and be like, take me. I'm like, I want to, you know, I'm so. <laughs> Interested, but it's crazy that you mentioned that book, UFO God, because I was listening to the pod this some podcast about it. I think I have it in my Amazon cart as we speak. So I'm definitely gonna buy it and read it now that I know um you're enjoying it. And it's I just find the whole subject fascinating. So it's yeah. it's very interesting, interesting time for it to be in the news and you know, just um such a topic of conversation, even with people who are kind of like, eh, I don't know about that. So yeah. It, it definitely fascinates me. Yeah, uh, and then you know when you were talking about like mentorship too, like um, I want to ask you because it, on a different note, like you you do offer like mentorships for people to, like you teach them how that they how they can kind of understand and trust and develop their own intuitive psychic abilities, and I I'm wondering if you feel like having those abilities is a skill that anyone can be taught or do, do you have to have some kind of foundation of like a, a, a spiritual gift to be able to do something like what you do?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question too because I I believe that we're all born with intuition. Like that is something that everybody was giving, given and um, no exceptions made there. Some of us tune in and use it more, uh, but the way society has kind of raised us is to be more in our logical mind. And we forget that our intuitive mind has lifetimes of knowledge that goes with it. So it has, you know, to me is so like incredibly wise, our intuition is. So if we can learn and to tap into it, it's something that we could all do. Taking it to the psychic level or the mediumistic level, again, I think we can all pick up on stuff. I think um, anybody could notice signs of when their loved ones are trying to reach out to them from the spirit side, whether it's visual signs or you might hear them speaking to you or speaking through a song, um, or just the feeling of them being around. Like sometimes the energy, you can just feel energy change around you. And just the knowing that, oh my gosh, that's my dad, that's my sibling, that's, you know, like that's my loved one. I feel it, I know it, and trusting that knowing. So and and I so anybody has that ability, right? I often compare um becoming a professional psychic or medium with becoming a professional athlete. Um the people who are going to move on to become a professional athlete are the ones who are so passionate about it that they're going to practice every day. They're going to make sure that their body is in great condition. Their mind is in great condition. They're eating the right things. They become very focused, you know, like they're doing all the things they need to do to get to that level. And they do it with passion, you know, the same thing with mediumship. Um, The thought that we're just born with it and we can snap our fingers and become a professional medium is so far from the truth. Because even if we have this ability, we have to develop and nurture it. And in all different ways, we have to practice all the time. We have to make sure we're doing our own healing work. Because I I teach people all the time, if you're not willing to do your own healing work, your ability can only grow to a certain point. Um, you you need to have done the healing yourself and we're, you know, we're constantly healing. So it's not like we're ever done, but you know, it, like those two things go hand in hand of, of your development and taking care of our physical body. So it can be this, you know, place that we can do the work from in our physical body. Cause it is extremely exhausting work using that energy is, is it takes a, takes a toll on you. Um, so And so the people that have that passion to, no matter how scary it is to practice with somebody and know that they're going to tell you no to something you tell them, but you're going to get through that anyway. And you're going to learn from that no and keep going, you know, um, no matter how, how intimidating the work can be. I always say, if you're going to do this work, get really comfortable with being uncomfortable because that's just the way it's going to be, you know, Mm um, But yeah, those are the ones who I think are, it's their soul's purpose is because they're so passionate. Nothing backs them down from it. They just, you know, are going to keep working at it, keep working at it, keep working at it. There will be other people that find it cool and can make connections here and there, but maybe not do it where they can, you know, fully communicate what somebody in spirit is trying to share.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I love what you said about our intuition too, because I've always felt that our intuition is kind of like, you know, our connection to spirit or God or your higher self or whichever way you want to put it. But it it, it is that higher knowing and, and we have this almost like well of knowledge and answers and, and, um uh, direction within us already in that intuition. And a lot of times our intuition just gets muddled because we have so much external conflicting messaging or information, or even just like in the society, especially as women, like we, we don't, um, we're not necessarily taught to like really honor and, and, and focus and hold the intention of like, what our intuition is telling us, um, mm. all the time. And I do feel like, like tapping into that to, to whether that, you know, creates any additional, um, you know, abilities and you or not, but there is, um, that's, I think where it begins, right? Like that's where we have that one connection to source or spirit is in mm-hmm. our own. Everybody has that. It's just a matter of how developed yours. Gets, I guess.
1: Yes, everybody has it. And it's just trusting it. That's the big thing. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I created a class called Awaken Your Ability back in 2015. And it is about like learning to trust that intuition and then also learning some about the psychic and the mediumistic. It's very fundamental level class. So some people will want to go on and learn more and take my Expanding Your Ability classes or mentor with me uh, privately. But that awaken your ability is for everybody um, because it is about like learning to trust it. Like that information is there for us. Do we trust it to use it? Mm -hmm. And oh, and look, I can also help, you know, I can also connect with somebody in the spirit world that, oh gosh, I didn't know I could actually do that, you know, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. I could actually pick up information. I, I love watching people in that class as they're doing the exercises and they have their first connection to spirit themselves. And the excitement that it brings to them of, oh, my God, I did it, you know? Yeah,
0: Um, definitely. Yeah.
1: And they may not want to go on to be a professional or may not, like, be able to sit down and give you a full communication from that person in the spirit world.
0: But they knew the connection. They felt the connection. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's the beautiful thing. Absolutely. That's so cool. You know, I want to share with you, um, I mentioned this to you very briefly when I asked you to come on the podcast, but I had a reading with you I had two with you, but it was like seven years ago. Um, it was so clearly like a very long time ago. Wow. Um, and I wanted to just remind you of what that reading was like for me and also for my audience to hear, because I just would love to be able to share with them. Like this was my experience because it was amazing. Um, but I came with a couple of my girlfriends. We did a group reading um, and it was crazy because, first of all, you right away, you knew the name of my older sister. Like you came up to me right away and you asked me who is Morgan. And I was like, Oh my God, that's my sister. It was crazy right out the gate. You said that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then later on in the reading, you asked me who the man was, um, or that a man was coming through that wanted to talk to me who was 34 when he passed. And I've talked on the podcast before about, um, Nick, who was my longtime boyfriend, um, in my twenties and he passed away tragically at age 34. And at the time that I had come to you for this reading, um, my son, Thomas, who's almost eight now, he, he was just a baby. And the day Thomas was born, um, I brought him home from the hospital and, um, seven days later, Nick passed away. And I had always wondered, I never knew if, if Nick knew that I had had my son or had a son or that I had had my baby, like <clears throat> I just never was going to be able to know if he knew that that, that I had had that, that I had become a mom. Um, so in the reading, you know, you asked me about this man that was 34 and, and I knew who you were talking about. Um, and you said, well, he wants me to acknowledge your bouncing baby boy. <laughs> Oh, it still makes me tear up. Oh my gosh, um, and I, it was so beautiful, and I cannot tell you how perfect and how healing and amazing just that message was. Like mm-hmm. I didn't need to hear anything else; I needed to hear that that he knew and that he was proud and that he saw. You know, it was amazing, Carol. So um, I just wanted to remind you of that because I know you've probably had a ten thousand readings since then, but that was one of the most special moments truly of my life. And I I treasure that so much. It really was a gift to, to get that message from the other side.
1: Yeah, I love that those in the spirit world like know the questions that people are gonna come in with or what they're wondering about. You know, it'll, it's really funny. Sometimes they'll joke and be like, well, I heard you talking in the car on the way here about blah, 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 <laughs> blah, you know? And I'm just like, it always amazes me that, knowledge that they have, the things that they'll share. You know, somebody who's sitting with me for a reading might start to ask me a question. And the person I'm talking to in spirit has already answered it before they even get the question out because they know what's yeah. coming, you
0: know? They know, yeah. And
1: it's so beautiful. And, and their messages don't have to be something like really huge and like out of this world, but the fact that he knew you, you were wondering, does he know mm-hmm. about my baby? You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he said that, that's really beautiful. I i wish I could remember readings and yeah, I do a lot of them. So that's part of it, but there's, this, we kind of joke and call it psychic amnesia, but when we're giving readings, because we want our ego self out of the way, um, so that we can be a clear vessel for the spirit who wants to come through and speak. So uh, when I'm done, I can't remember what, I, what I've what shared, you know, because it's not my thoughts, my emotions, you know, You know, I'm trying not to interject at all. I'm trying to just be out of the way for the spirit to be able to get through. So it's really hard for me to recall what I've said afterwards. Um, mm-hmm. But I love hearing stories like that from people afterwards, you know, where they've reached back out and said, oh, you know, you told me this or whatever. And I think mm-hmm. it's really cool because it just reminds me of how beautiful the love is from the spirit world every day
0: yes exactly and how meaningful you know that was seven years ago and I carry that in my heart every day you know Mm. that message and I you have like 3,000 people I think on your notification list so how many readings are you doing like a day or a week or what's your kind of schedule for that So
1: like I mentioned, it it is a lot of energy to do it. So um, on the days that I work, I'm only able to work about three and a half hours Mm -hmm. Uh, just because I know if I try to push myself past that, I will be (laughs) – just a lump, you know, like, and and won't be able to do the next day, you know, and it also is depending too on if I'm doing public events during, you know, that time, or if I'm going to be doing a group and stuff. So I have to really watch my schedule to make sure I don't overcommit myself, which I have a tendency to do. I
0: did have- Because to- you're a Virgo. That's why. <laughs> What's that? It's because the Virgo in your chart. That's why. <laughs> yes.
1: It's so hard. It's because- you know, I, and I think a lot of people who do this work, we are, uh, we're, we care so much about people. And so we want to say yes to everything for other people. But the lesson that I've had to learn is that saying yes is not always the most helpful thing to somebody else. Um, so I really try to ask my guides at work a lot with my guides and I try to ask them a lot when somebody asks me to do something that's beyond my normal schedule Hey, should I, should I say yes to this or is this going to be too much and it won't be beneficial to the person in the long run? And they're very clear with me of when it's okay to say yes and when it's okay to not to be like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to fit that in,
0: you know? Um, well, thank God your spirit guides gave you the thumbs up to do this podcast with me. Yes. Me. I said thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it worked out really well because you know I'm leaving for Ireland. Well, I was going to mention that next because I want you to tell people, obviously, like how, you know, if they want to come get a reading, how that works. And then, like, what you're heading off to Ireland for this incredible retreat. I think nurturing our connections, it's called. Is that yeah. right? So, yeah. I mean, I'd love for you to talk about that and then tell people, like, what events and stuff you have coming where people can come get a reading from you.
1: Yeah. So, um, to to schedule a reading, if you go to my website, which is my name, carolcottrell.com, and uh, my last name is spelled C-O-T-T-R-E-L-L. Um, so, carolcottrell.com, and you click on book a reading, there's a box that pops up that says, you know, that I'm booked through whatever date it is. I think it's early November right now. Um, And that you can put your name on the notification list. And then what I do is when I'm ready to release the next group of appointments, I send an email out to everybody on the notification list that says on this date, at this time, the appointments are going to be released. And that gives everybody a heads up so that it can be prepared. They do go very quickly, sometimes within five minutes um, everything's booked up. And I know that can be really frustrating to some people. So I am so sorry to, to people, um, that, you know, don't catch it in time and everything. Um, but, but that's the best way that I can make it work right now and work with all the commitments that I have. Maybe one day I'm going to find a better way to make it work (laughs) for everybody, but that's what I can, that's what I've got right now.
0: So, well, I'm gonna put in the show notes too the links for your website and I think um, your Instagram and your Facebook and all that too. so people can follow like if you have special events and stuff where you're doing you know um, things locally here too, like group events and things like that. Yeah. Um, yes, that's awesome. Thank you for doing that. Do you have um, any coming up? here in
1: Charleston. Well, I've got um a small group coming up in November. That's just eight people. And with that one, with those, I really had fun creating that event. It's not a traditional kind of event that mediums do, but in that event, everybody the 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 intention is that everybody's going to get a reading in there, but I don't know what kind of reading each person's going to get. Some are going to get psychic, mm-hmm. some are going to get mediumistic, some are going to get um guidance from guides. Um so it's different for everybody, and and so I love doing that event, but I keep it to eight people because it takes time. It's a two hour event, which is very draining. Like I can't usually work the day after I do one of those events because it is so exhausting for me. But I love them. So so that one, there's one of those in November. Um, I have an online event with my colleague Carissa, um, who she and I do a lot together, um, and we have an online event on October sixteenth. Uh, so that'll be messages from loved ones in spirit um, that we'll be doing. So those tickets are on my, you can get those on my website now. And then in December, I'm going to do some holiday events. I have one in Charleston, at, um, the South of Broadway theater in North Charleston on I believe it's December 9th.
0: Okay. Then, you hear that, Charleston people, all my friends that are listening put that in the date, we are going to that. Yes. <laughs> now that now we are there.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. The registration's not up on it yet, but I'll probably get it up as soon as I get back from Ireland. So I would say awesome. October that'll be available. And then I'm doing one in Myrtle Beach. I think that one's December 14th. Um So, uh, so yeah, those are the things that I kind of know about. I've got a couple classes that are coming up that are my level two and level three. So if anybody's taken my awaken your ability or has another beginner level class and wants to go into the two and level the two, three, two and three level, those are coming up October and November. And then my next awaken your ability will be in January. And that's not on my website yet, but it'll probably to be going up in mid-October.
0: And is that one in person only?
1: Yes. So okay. I, during COVID, I did it online and it really grew. Like I had people from all over the country in those classes online. Um, but I've been doing it just in Charleston the last year or so. I haven't done an online one. And I've been invited to come to different cities to teach. And so I think that's the way that I'm going to be doing it from this, you know, going forward is. Uh, you know, that people invite me to come and I'll come and teach a class in different markets around the country.
0: Well, that's just so amazing. And I imagine like what a dream job, especially coming from what you were doing in a corporate type environment. And now you are, you know, traveling, you're going to Ireland, you're hosting these workshops, you're getting to like kind of create a schedule that works for you. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's amazing. That's your Pisces North node. You are really embodying it in a beautiful way. And I just think it's incredible. It
1: is. And I, I thank God every single day. There's not a day that goes by that I don't reflect on how, grateful I am of how my life has turned around since I was 40. Um,
0: Well, thank you for sharing it honestly and openly about, you know, that time and that, that darkness that you went through. Because I've always been really open and honest about my struggles and things on the podcast. And I really appreciate when somebody comes on and is willing to be vulnerable about, and I know my audience appreciates it too, you know. But I think at the end of the day, like I really believe so much in following our soul's purpose, and that's where the light is, right? And that's where the joy and the happiness is. And so um we learn these lessons, you know, some are harder than others and sometimes are darker than others. But when we really embrace our authentic truth and who we are and our gifts and and our passions like that's again going back to that north node like that's the path of our destiny and it's just really beautiful to see people like you who are embodying it and doing it and uh, charleston's just lucky to have you it's it's really cool and i'm I, i really am just so grateful that you are willing to come on like this little old podcast. And this has been um, something I've wanted to talk about on here for a long time. And I knew right away, like there's one person I'm going to ask and I hope she says yes. So Uh thank you. Thank you so Uh, much. I'm
1: so grateful to you because, you know, Even I love the mediumship part of the work where I'm like connecting people to their loved ones and the psychic part too, where I'm helping people to move through their own journey. I love all that. And I think that the other big part of the reason I'm supposed to be doing this in this lifetime is to help people understand what mediumship is and what it's not. And this scary, evil perception that's been put on mediumship is just so far from the love that comes through from the spirit world. And so when P- when you give me this opportunity to share that with people so, there's, so we can let go of that fear mm-hmm. that's been ingrained in us about it and realize mm-hmm. that there's so much healing that can come from those connections, I'm really grateful to you for giving me the opportunity to come and talk about it.
0: Absolutely. Well, it, it is really cool too, because it is, I think, too, going back to, to Scorpio in your chart too. And like Scorpio sometimes can get this bad rap for being just like this dark emotional kind of like I said. And it's the the light side or the beautiful vibration of Scorpio is this is like showing people like, hey, sometimes like there's this misinterpretation of death or the other side or purgatory or what what we've been taught to believe about these things and 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 reminding people, like you said, that hey, we come from love, we go back to love. Like, like that's really what it is about, and mm-hmm. um, it's it's just awesome. So I'm I'm very grateful, and I am very excited to come to this event in December and see you live again. And um, thank you so much, Carol. And I really appreciate your time and your story and your beautiful energy today. Ah, oh, thank you.